0: Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through his word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church Share devotion and teaching through that day's SOAP scripture. Download the current SOAP reading plan at fusionchurch.cc SOAP. Well, Father, we just want to thank you today for a brand new day. Uh, I can't think of a better way, Lord, uh, to start the day uh, than with you and brothers and sisters. And Lord, we come today uh, just to, to get close to you. We come to let you speak into our lives. We know, Lord, in prayer, uh, when we talk to you, it's important what we share. But probably in the long run, it's more important not what we share with you, but what you share with us. And we know in your word, (coughs) you're speaking. So I just pray over the centuries, Lord, that you would allow these words to come to us right here in 2022. And that uh, you would say specifically into each of our hearts what you want us to hear. So we give you the time, and we thank you ahead of time for what you're going to do in each and every life that's gathered. And it's in your name we ask you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stretch just a minute. Sometimes we do the stretch first, uh, and then the prayer, but then today let's try it the other way. Let's uh, stretch out. You've got your spirit ready. Now let's get the body in here. We're reading Leviticus Chapter 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they dedicate to me, so as not to profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, If any man among all your descendants throughout your generations approaches the holy gifts, which the sons of Israel dedicate to the Lord, While he has an uncleanness, that person shall be cut off from before me. I am the Lord. No man of the descendants of Aaron, who is a leper, or who is a discharge, may eat of the holy gifts until he's clean. And if one touches anything made unclean by a corpse, or if a man has a seminal omission, or if a man touches any teeming things by which he is made unclean, or any man by whom he is made unclean, Whatever his uncleanness, a person who touches any such that shall be unclean until evening, shall not eat of the holy gifts, unless he has bathed his body in water. But when the sun sets, he shall be clean, and afterward he shall eat of the holy gifts, for it is his food. He shall not eat an animal which dies, or is torn by beasts, being unclean by it. I am the Lord. They shall therefore keep my charge, so that they may not bear sin because of it, and thereby because that I'm sorry, and die thereby because they profane. I am the Lord, who sanctifies them. No layman, however, is to eat the holy gift. A sojourner with a priest or a higher man shall not eat of the holy gift. But if a priest buys a slave as his property with his money, no one may eat of it. And those who are born in this house may eat of his food. If a priest's daughter is married to a layman, she shall not eat of the offering of the gifts. But if a priest's daughter becomes a widow or divorced, and has no child and returns to her father's house as in her youth, she shall eat of her father's food, but no layman shall eat of it. But if a man eats a holy gift unintentionally, then he shall add to it a fifth of it, and shall give the holy gift to the priest. And they shall not profane the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they offer to the Lord. And so cause them to bear punishment for guilt by eating their holy gifts, for I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and to all the sons of Israel and say to them, Any man of the house of Israel or the aliens in Israel, he presents his offering, whether it is. Any of their votive or any of their freewill offerings, which they present to the Lord for a burnt offering, for you to be accepted, it must be a male without defect from the cattle, the sheep, or the goats. Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer, for it will not be accepted for you. When a man offers a sacrifice of peace, offerings to the Lord, to fulfill a special vow or a freewill offering of the herd or of the flock, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or fractured or maimed or having a running sore or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make of them an offering by the fire on the altar to the Lord. In respect to an ox or a lamb which has an overgrown or stunted number, you may present it for a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. Also, anything with its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord or sacrifice in your land. Nor shall you accept any such thing from the hand of a foreigner for offering as the food of your God, for the corruption is in them. They have a defect. They shall not be accepted for you. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, when an ox or a sheep or a goat is born, It shall remain seven days with its mother, and from the eighth day on, it shall be accepted as a sacrifice of an offering by fire to the Lord. But whether it is an ox or a sheep, you shall not kill both it and its young in one day. And when you sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day, and you shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. And you shall not profane my holy name, but I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. You keep getting that refrain over and over and over again. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the one that's calling the shots here. I am God Almighty. And if I hear God saying anything through the book of Leviticus, he's shouting to the people of Israel and he's shouting through them to us. I am a holy God and be needing to be treated with proper respect. I think the whole thing in Leviticus could be summed up in Leviticus 1144. Here's God speaking for I am the Lord, your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am holy. And that statement, in a sense, is repeated again—same exact statement—in Leviticus nineteen, two. And if you look here, and even our particular chapter, uh, twenty-two, two, tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they dedicate to me, so as not here it is not to profane. My holy name, I am the Lord. He says, don't profane, don't treat my name as irreverent or do not treat my name as some common name or an unholy name. No, I am the Lord, I am holy. And he repeats the same thing on verse 32. You shall not profane, again, my holy name, but you shall be sanctified among the sons of Israel. So just to kind of unpack that just a little bit to lead into this, uh, the Bible is very clear, God is holy. And by that we mean he's set apart from everything and anyone else. He is in a class all by himself. He's the only one who is absolutely perfect, We're told in him there is no blemish, no defect, no imperfection. Uh, The Apostle John in the New Testament says the same exact thing, but he puts it in a different way. Uh, In 1 John 1, 5, he says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. This is really hard for us to comprehend. We live in a world that's been soiled by the fall, a world that is broken, a world that's corrupt. We've grown up with sin and it it almost, uh, we're not many times offended by it anymore, but to experience God in his full holiness will knock you off your feet. In Isaiah chapter six, when the prophet is encountering God in his holiness, he is just, he basically says, I am undone. So we need to realize, uh, because God is holy, he can't lower or compromise his standards to accommodate us he can't lower and grade on a curve because he is who he is he cannot be anything but holy uh, and because of that he says if we're going to fellowship together if i'm holy you have to be holy the problem is we can't live a holy lifestyle on our own the israelites couldn't do it we couldn't do it that's why all these sacrifices why blood needs to be shed So that an unholy people can be cleansed to come into the presence of an extremely holy and powerful God. So God says to be compatible with me, you need to be holy. You need to keep my commandments. And if not, then because of who I am and my holiness, I have to judge sin. I can't ignore it. I can't sweep it under the rug. I have to deal with it because the buck stops right on my desk. So let's begin to unpack this a little bit. uh, To lead into chapter 22 and chapter 21, God's basically saying uh, in the first half of chapter 21, as we saw yesterday, the average priest, because he's serving a holy God, had to live a holy lifestyle. And the second half of Leviticus 21 is that the high priest particularly has to be holy because he represents the very people as he comes before God's presence? Uh, and again, as he starts off in Leviticus twenty-two two, the Lord says this: If any man among all your descendants throughout your generations approaches the holy gifts which the sons of Israel dedicate to the Lord, while he has and here's the key word an uncleanness That person shall be cut off from before me. I am the Lord. You can hear the authority in God speaking. I am the Lord. I am a holy God. And as you're coming into my presence as a priest to represent the people, you can't come with an uncleanness or with a soiledness or an unholiness. It it just won't work because of who I am. Uh, And He begins to clarify. Well, what is making somebody unclean that makes them unfit to be a priest to minister to the Lord? And he lays some of these things out for us. What makes a person unclean? If you look at four, no man of the descendants of Aaron. Uh, and all the priests that minister come specifically from this particular descendant, Aaron. No man of the descendants of Aaron, who is a leper. Or who has a discharge, that's some kind of a running sore, may eat of the holy gifts until he's clean. If anyone touches anything made unclean by a corpse, or if a man has a seminal emission. So he's saying anything that could be considered unholy, if a person is experiencing that at the moment, they can't minister to God. The priests would minister, they do the sacrifices. And many times the priest would eat some of the food of the animal while other parts were offered to God. And he's saying basically in this whole chapter, the priest can't eat their portion of the food unless they're in a clean state. So he says that they're a leper. Uh, A leper does not represent um, a clean situation. A discharge, something that is running sore, again, doesn't represent a clean thing to God. Uh, talking about a a corpse, Um, what causes a corpse? Sin. So again, that makes a person unclean and a seminal omission. Not that that in itself is sin, but again, I think we've looked at before, sexuality, it's it's through sexuality that sin has entered the world through Adam and Eve. So any of these things, if a priest is experiencing these, they're unfit at that point to do their office. And he goes on and says a couple other things about uncleanness, first But If a man touches teeming things, there's certain animals that are unclean uh, by which he is made unclean. In other words, if he touches an unclean animal, that doesn't make him fit for service. Or if any man by whom he is made unclean, whatever his uncleanness, so if he touches an unclean person, he, the priest, becomes unclean. Uh, but basically, uh, you can get cleansed in verse six a person who touches any such thing shall be unclean. Here it is until evening and shall not eat of the holy gifts unless he has bathed his body in water. But when the sun sets, he shall be clean. Afterward, he shall eat of the holy gifts, for it is his food. So again, uncleanness can be cleaned up, you might say. If there is a passage of time, the priest washes his garments. Uh, He talks about another thing that makes people unclean uh, in regards to a priest. Eight, he shall not eat an animal which dies or is torn by beasts, becoming unclean by it. I am the Lord. So God is saying, you just can't run into my presence any way, shape, or form you want. There has to be a proper etiquette. There has to be a holiness. There's things that make a person unfit to serve God as a priest. There's things that make them fit. Uh, And I want to emphasize, and I'm going to drive this point home because I think it's the central thrust of Leviticus and the entire Bible is this next verse, nine. They shall therefore keep my charge. God's saying I commanded the priest to act in a certain way. And They should keep what I asked them to do. Uh, And it says, so they may not bear sin because of it and die, therefore, because they profane it. I am the Lord who sanctifies them. When God sanctifies something, he calls it a holy thing in his sight. And to profane it means to treat it as common or to treat it as unholy. So the Lord saying, I've given you clear instructions, Israelites. This is what I'm asking you to do, what I'm requiring you to do. Now, do it. So, again, uh, let me try to kind of hone in on this just a little bit. So we're saying the basic concept of Leviticus is God is holiness. He is a holy God. And God says, I'm going to spell out what my holiness looks like. You want to know what it is? It's not some obscure thing. I'm going to tell you what holiness is by giving you commands. Commands to do certain things, commands not to do certain things. And as you follow these commands, they represent my holiness. And if you keep them, you'll be holy. And therefore, priests, you can then minister properly for the people. But I want to just take one point. I think sometimes we we hit a million points to try to drive something home. I want to take one major point that I see in Leviticus 22. That touches the entire range of the book of Leviticus, which takes in regard the entire Old Testament, which takes in regard the New Testament. And here's the deal. Basically, it's the idea of obedience. That's the word. If there's any word I think we need to take out of the lesson today is the word obedience. Obedience is absolutely essential for a Christian. It's not an optional thing. It's not something we have a choice to say, Lord, I'll do this, but I won't do that. Obedience is God saying, I'm asking you to do this. And in a sense, we say, okay, Lord, you asked me to do it, I'll do it. So, to drive that point of obedience, I want to jump a little bit here to another book. And we're going to get to it in a little while, I'm sure. Uh, if you look at the book of Deuteronomy. So jump by Leviticus. You hit Numbers. I want to give you a number of verses about obedience. <clears throat> I'm going to start in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. And it, it, it's going to sound repetitive, these verses. But the re- I'm doing it intentionally because I want you to hear how important obediences to God it is essential it's probably one of the most important words in the entire bible and if we miss this we really miss a major major thing that we need to understand excuse me so I'm going to read some of these verses about I got about 10 of these real quick look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 2 here's here's God Saying to the people, you shall not add to the word which I'm commanding you, nor take away from it, that you may, hear it is, keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you, okay? Keep them. Chapter four, five and six. See, I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as, this is Moses, okay? See, I've taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do, that you should do. It's not optional. Thus in the land which you are entering to possess it. So keep them and do them for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is wise and understanding. God's saying, if you really know what's good for you, if you want to be a wise person, hear my commandments and then do them. Chapter 4, again, in Deuteronomy 14. And the Lord commanded me at the time to teach you statutes and judgments. Here it is, that you might perform them in the land where you're going over to possess it. Look at 440. So you shall keep his statutes and his commandments, which I'm giving you today. Then it may be well with you. God's saying. I want things to go well with you. Please cooperate with me. Do what I'm asking you to do, that I may go well with you and with your children, nephew, and that you may live long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you for all time. If you look at chapter five, I'm not going to get it in detail. God gives the ten commandments, kind of the center stage of the Old Testament. These basically deal with commandments, obeying God and how you're to treat your fellow man. Look at Deuteronomy 5, 31. But as for you, stand here by me, and this is God speaking to Moses, that I may speak to you all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which you shall teach them, that they may observe them in the land which I give them to possess. So you shall observe, here it is, to do, just as the Lord your God has commanded you, you shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. In other words, keep every detail. You shall walk in all the way. God's not saying, well, some of the way, a little bit of the way, partial. Uh No, You shall walk in all the way which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, that it may be well with you, and that you might prolong your days. God's saying again and again, Follow my commands to the T because they are meant to be a blessing as you walk into them, Chapter six, verse one and two. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord, your God has commanded me to teach you. Here it is that you might do them. big word, do them in the land where you're going over to possess it. So that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord, your God to keep. Here it is all, not some all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Just a few more. Chapter 6, verse 17. You shall diligently, get the word there, diligently. God's saying, diligent, I mean, give it your best shot. Do all you can. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you. Chapter 7, 11. Therefore, you shall keep the commandment and the statutes and the judgments which I am commanding you today to do them. one. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful. Get it? Here it is. God's speaking to the Israelites, but he's speaking to you and I. Be careful. Be careful to do that you may live and multiply. Be careful to keep these commandments. And he begins to sum these up in a sense, like at chapter 10, verse 12. Here's the deal. What are some of these? And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? But to fear your God means to treat him with a high respect, to walk in all his ways, Again, God's saying, please, please to the people, please do what I'm asking you to do walk in all my ways and love him and serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I'm commanding you today for your good. Get that? God's not given these commandments to be a pain in the neck, to make our life miserable, to make it burdensome. God says, no, 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 I'm giving you commandments for your good. In a sense, God says I'm holy. If I get in an unholy way, I'm putting myself in great jeopardy. Commandments literally are guardrails. I don't know if you've ever traveled out west in the Rocky Mountains. There's these roads. I mean, they are high up, and there are no guardrails, and I didn't like it. Guardrails make me feel secure. I mean, those babies are there. If they're going to present me i could go thousands of feet down on these high mountains there're no guardrails i wanted a guardrail and god said i've given you guardrails people they're holy guardrails they're standing if you stay within this boundary you and i are going to be fine we're going to be compatible i can pour my love out but if you if you go over the guardrail if you ignore me you're you're asking me to bring my judgment upon you i don't want to do it Please do what I'm asking you to do. God is begging them, do it. Because if you don't, you can go over the guardrail and crash. Please listen to what I'm asking you to do. Just a little bit more. Uh, Deuteronomy 11 and verse 8. You shall therefore keep every commandment. He didn't say take your choice yet. This one you can do, this one you can't. No, no, no. God says here. You shall therefore keep every commandment which I'm commanding you today, so that you may be strong and go into the land that I've given you. And 26, 16, going to flip over, pretty much the same thing. Uh, This day, the Lord your God commands you to do these statutes and ordinances. You shall therefore be careful, be careful. God is pleading with his people, be careful, be careful to do them with all your heart and with all your soul. So friends, all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament, there is this theme that's woven through. God is saying to his people, obey me, obey me. Do what I've asked you to do. I've given you a book. In the book, I've told you how to maximize your life. Uh, The Bible, you might say, is what to a car is the, the owner's manual. And in the manual, uh, it tells you, you know, you better change the oil. Well, guess what? I don't need to, I'll throw the manual. I don't need to change my oil. I don't need to do this Uh Well, the little light comes on. I don't need to do that. Guess what? If you don't do what the owner manual tells you in the car, you're going to have a wreck. And God's saying, if you do not follow the owner's manual I've given you, your life's going to become a wreck. Please. God says, walk with me. We have free will. He realizes that. Like any good parent, you know, you're a parent. We do as parents everything. Please, kids, do do this. Do this. Do this. I know it's good for you. And we plead, but we can't make a kid do anything. They can make bad decisions and life gets all screwed up and messed up. And God's saying that the same to us. He, you're, you're my kids. Please listen to me. I know what I'm doing. Walk with me. Obey me. Keep my commandments. And the beautiful thing, if we stay in sync with God in his character, uh, God says a lot of things. Uh, Deuteronomy 440, he said, if you do that, it's going to be well with you. And Deuteronomy 6.2, he said, if you walk with me, your days are going to be prolonged. In Deuteronomy 7, 12 to 13, he says, I'll bless you as you obey me. Uh, in Deuteronomy 11, 26 to 28, God talks about the blessings and the curses. Just let me give you that one last scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy 11 and 26. Okay. God says that, see, I'm setting before you a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am command you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I'm commanding you today by following other gods. So God says, I've laid out in the Bible, here's my commandments. If you do them, you'll be blessed. If you don't, you'll be cursed. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14, God says, you want to know what the blessings are? I'll tell you about them. He says, you want to know what the the curses are? Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68. So kind of wrapping this up a bit here. Ultimately, why are we to keep God's commandments? You know, I've been talking a lot here. We keep God's commandments because that's where we're going to have a blessed life, a full life, a fulfilled life. Yeah, that's a reason to keep the commandments. I think that's a good one, but I don't think it's the best reason to keep the commandments. We don't keep the the commandments to try to earn our salvation. No matter how hard we try to be obedient, we do drop the ball, we fall short. So we can't earn God's favor by keeping the commandments and get our salvation by trying to be obedient because the ball is dropped. Why do we keep God's commandments? Because we love him and want to please him. That's the bottom line. We don't obey God as a slave and he says, do it, do it, do it. And we bow down and we're afraid if we don't, he's going to lash us with some kind of a whip. No, no, no. The concept of obedience is not a legalistic thing in the big picture of the entire Bible. It's if you love me, you'll want to obey me and please me. Jesus said it this way, John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Think about that. That's what Jesus said. If you really love me, you're going to do what makes me happy. As a parent, I think we can get it. If my kids do something good, they make me happy. If I ask them to do something and they follow through, it pleases me. If they don't, it displeases me. So obedience is so utterly essential. I don't know how else to say it. It is so radically essential to the entire message of the Bible. God says, obey me because I'm holy. And if you do, we'll be in sync and we'll have fellowship. If you don't, you're going to hurt yourself. And it's just a neat thing. I want to just say two last things, and that's this. Jesus made it very simple. All these commandments. Kathy, it's interesting. You had this in the study last night. Jesus said, I'll take the entire Old Testament and I'm going to condense it into two things the entire bible he says obedience is fulfilled in this Matthew twenty-two, thirty-seven. 37 Jesus said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the great and the foremost commandment and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Jesus said all the laws, all the prophets are combined in just two things. You only have to do two things in life, folks. Love God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. And what's so cool, even that is not burdensome. Because Jesus said uh, in 1 John 4, 19, Uh, He basically said this through John, we love because God first loved us. So why do we love God? Because he initiated the love first. Why do we love other people? Because God loved us first. So I want to encourage you, just soak in the love of God today. Just receive his love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just soak in it and just let that warm your heart to such a degree that a knee jerk reaction will be, I love you back, Lord. Not because I have to, but because I want to. And Lord, I love you so much. How can I not want to express your love to every person that you bring across my path? To me, that's the message of the Bible. And we can get stuck in Leviticus and the holiness and the specifics of this and the uncleanness. Yeah, and that is that is true. And it, it's something that we honor. But that's a little chunk. we always have to see the bigger picture of the entire Bible, what the message is. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the message of Leviticus that that shouts over and over and over and over that you're a holy God. And because you're a holy God, we need to walk in a holy way. And we know, Lord, all through Leviticus and other books, you've laid out what does holiness look like? And you've given us a picture of that through different commandments. We saw some of them today, and we see all through the Bible, there's peppered these commandments here, there, do this, don't do this. But I pray, Father, that you'd help us to see that the commandments are there not to be making uh, life burdensome or a chore, but that you've given us commandments, Lord, as guardrails in an unholy world, how to live a holy life. And as we live a holy life, that we can be in fellowship with you. And that ultimately, Lord, uh, when you ask a command, Lord, we don't do it just as a hired servant, grudgingly. But, Lord, we keep your commands because, Lord, we want to put a smile on your face. We want to please you. We want to love you because you first loved us. So, Lord, just write that deep in the depths of each of my brothers and sisters, myself. Uh, Let us see your love in a fresh way today, Lord. Help us to love you today with all our mind, our heart, and our soul. And Father, we just pray that your love would spill out of our life today, whether it's our words, whether it's our prayers, whether it's our actions. Use us, Lord, to be light in a very dark and twisted world. And we ask you, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, folks. God bless you. And uh, we'll catch you soon. God bless.